Now we're actually live and doing wonderful things. Thanks for having What is me. happening? Nick Pollock here from PitcherList. Uh, joining me here, of course, today is Aaron Savali of the Tampa Bay Rays. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so what we're doing today uh, is we're going to be watching one of Aaron Savali's uh, starts this year against the Colorado Rockies. Um, and Aaron is super kind to sit down and really talk to us pitch by pitch. If you guys didn't see the Pablo Lopez interview last week, go check that out on our channel, of course, at PitcherList. Um, but before we get going, I want to uh, talk to Aaron a little bit about just, you know, what you do on the mound, your approach, everything like that. And uh, the first thing I'm just curious about, tell everybody what you have as your general approach uh, against right-handers and what you try and do against left-handers. Sure. Um, I think me personally, just as a guy who throws five, six pitches, um, hopefully on any given day, sometimes you don't, you don't have all those pitches, so you have to make adjustments. But the, the thing that serves me best is just unpredictability, trying to be as um, accurately random as I can. Uh, not so random that I'm just up there flipping a coin, but knowing what pitches play with each other and making sure nobody can just sit on one pitch in a given count, making sure there's my, – my job is to make them uncomfortable when they're in the box, regardless of left or right. Um, I think the day-by-day day can kind of dictate what the sequencing is or what pitch is working that day and how I'm going to attack certain guys. Sometimes the numbers will tell you something and you can either exploit those or you can – uh, guys guys know what what they're doing as well so they could be working on things and it, it might be different that game and it's just how quick you can make an adjustment and that's the game of baseball that's why it's so fun what has happened in the past could continue to happen or they can make an adjustment that you don't really know about and then you have to pick up on that absolutely and i mean your major repertoire i mean you have a kitchen sink approach of course um, but I, your major two pitchers pitches are cutter and curveball. You also do have a sinker that you like to go. Correct me if I'm wrong. Front door to uh, uh, front hip, really to left-handers upstairs more so actually than a normal sinker. Um, and then also the four seamer upstairs as well. Then there's also slider in there a bit. Um, I think a splitter too that you've added and messed around with. Hi, uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about how those came to be and, and showing us a few of those grips? Sure. Um, so yeah, the main two pitches, like you said, cutter curveball. I think those are the pitches that make me me and unique, and something that not too many guys have a a pairing of is that cutter curveball, especially at the top of the zone. Um, like you mentioned, I, I'm at the top of the zone. I think it's probably top five percentile. I don't know exactly what it is now, but I know at one <laughs> point like it was that. it was up there in terms of average pitch height. Um, but, yeah, that's paired with a two-seam, which, like you said, sometimes is front door to lefties, but most of the time is top of the zone, whether it's getting in on somebody's hands as a righty or a way to try and force a rollover or just uh, whatever it may be to set up a different pitch, however it is. Um, four-seam is something that's kind of been new, uh, a new addition to my repertoire the last couple of years, figuring out how it plays in maybe getting somebody off a cutter, maybe getting somebody off a curveball, off a two seam, whatever it may be, setting something up. But mm -hmm. it's uh, <clears throat> still trying to figure out the place that it fits. Um, well, what was so repertoire. interesting, yeah, is before beforehand we were talking, 
And you're saying that your your cutter you just have as a forcing grip. You just it, it just has a natural cut based on how your arm works. And what's so cool to hear is that you've really worked on changing how you threw your four seamer so you can actually strain that out. And now it has sure. some of the best in, uh, induced vertical break in the majors, um, which now makes me think, oh man, I can't wait to see you have a full season actually utilizing a four seamer and two strike counts to put guys away upstairs. Sure. Um, yeah, we'll see where, where it keeps going, but I'll run through some of the grips right now. Got a baseball yeah. here. So I don't know if this is backwards or however it is. <laughs> Um, the, the seams create two different C's. One is this way, one is that way. So my four seam is on, to me, a regular C. I don't know if that's showing up as a regular C or the opposite, but, um, just the, the different height of the laces, um, with how my fingers are, this creates a more square release on the ball, um, for this way. And I've, I used to throw my cutter like this and I ended up switching them, um, uh, which, hmm allowed me just some more comfortability on the ball and well that's yeah that's actually makes a lot of sense coming off right so So this is your your cutter has it so that your your uh middle finger is falling off away from a seam right it's there's no seam on the right side correct Um, which makes sense because traditionally why you don't do that you have the seam on the right side of your middle finger is as you release you can kind of you can slide off essentially and the seam stops you but if you have the full C there and you have the opening on the right, that makes sense. It's easier for you to fall off of it on the side. And then you have the, of course, the cut action on it. Yeah. I just, I see it as lower on this side, a little higher there. Mm, These yeah. two fingers are different heights. So this for me squares it up a little better on the opposite side. This is my cutter grip. This is lower. This is higher. So it creates a little bit natural where I'm on the outside of the ball a little bit and I can come through and, cut it a little bit easier um nice but yeah that was just a that's a change i used to have it backwards and i always fought the cut on the four seam Mm -hmm. and i had to create the cut on the cutter and i switched them and it's been much more just grip and throw and focus on the location that i'm throwing it to oh that that's the dream always grip and throw Uh, oh my god (laughs) and uh and with your curve i mean that's also also gets me really excited about that that fastball having that much rise to it is that you have one of the biggest drops on a curveball too. Um, and, you know, I call it the bleak cell blueprint, which is stuff that's high, your hard stuff high, and then your slow stuff low, which is obvious to everybody now, but it's back in the day when Blake Snell and Tyler Glasner were trying to do it, uh, they had to fight for it. Um, and uh, that curveball, that is a knuckle curve, correct? It's a soft spike. Um, okay. So actually, my uncle, when I was like 11 or 12, maybe even 10, but show me a, a knuckle curve where my finger was actually on the ball like this. Oh, wow. Just throw, it, just throw it behind the ball and it'll spin off this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him to thank for that. I've been throwing a curveball since I was 10 or 11 and just the natural feel of manipulating a ball started then. Um, the grip has changed since then. I've done some things with my thumb to uh, reduce the amount of pop out out of my hand. Uh, I have my thumb anchored inside of a seam now, so it's less likely to pop up and more directional to pair with the four seam and the cutter. Um, and it's not, my knuckle isn't into the seam like some guys do for their knuckle curves, mm-hmm. but it is a soft spike. My fingertip is on the ball. Um, but it's just, again, it's a feel thing. I've been spinning the ball for a really long time. 
So, so when you're talking about with your thumb, which is interesting, I used to do the, the Zito one, which is I always, everything I do is about my index finger. So I didn't want to do pop the gun or anything like that, where it's the middle finger and the, and the index mm-hmm. is out. You're putting, you're essentially doing the pop the gun, but then adding the, uh, the index finger in the uh, middle of the ball, essentially. Yeah, uh, I go pointer fingers on the seam. Gotcha. Ring finger yeah. or middle so finger is the one that's guiding. And then on the back side of it, I just have my thumb. Right. And that thumb is the inside of that C now, because that's actually one of the things I liked about the Zeta version was that it moved my thumb instead of outside of the seam with pop the gun. uh, The Zeta one has my thumb coming up higher. So it's inside of that. I can push down on that one and feel more, uh, I guess, locked in with it, even though I wouldn't want to push down and counteract the spin. Uh, It was a very strange adjustment. I'd made that change in 2018. Um, hmm. I kind of re- retweaked all of my grips in Akron in 2018. Is that was right? Um, didn't change, didn't add any pitches, but I pretty much changed every single grip. That's when I flipped the C on my four seam and cutter and two mm-hmm. seam made a little adjustment, which I still tinker with here and there. Um, sure. But yeah, I made that change then. I just found a lot of my, I, I tuck my thumb on my four seam. So it's mm-hmm. this part of my thumb is on the ball. And I was doing that with my curveball as well. And I would find that it would slide out a lot this way. And with the thumb anchored, it just doesn't really come out. Um, so if I can't even, if it doesn't want to come out just from gentle pressure, then it's going to be less likely to pop. And then it just comes down to me manipulating the baseball instead of, it's, it's all about reducing error because you're not going yeah, exactly. to want to every time. Um, <laughs> my, my, look like it but catchers are really good at making you Mm -hmm. look good most of the time um sometimes you hit your spot perfectly and they don't have to do much work but a lot of times the catchers are saving us on tv and make us look way better than we are those are the best catchers right uh no doubt make you feel not alone on that island they're there for you and working with you and it's oh my gosh it's the best um uh, just two more questions before we uh, start going to the game um obviously you changed teams this year um from tampa to to cleveland and obviously, we on the outside here, we, uh, you know, we always don't really know what that means moving from one team to another. Um, but the Rays, very highly regarded as far as their pitching analytics go. Was there something that when you arrived, the Rays really pushed onto you and said, "Hey, we want you to be focused more on this." Um, they they really let me do my thing. Uh, just mm-hmm. use those these last the two months of the season that I was there as just an observatory period, and we continue to talk and. We started to integrate each other's approaches, and I think it's going to be a much smoother process this upcoming season. It'll be great to have a full spring and get each other get get everything on the same page. But they really did a good job of just letting me do what I was doing and letting me guide the process instead of forcing something onto me, which I appreciate a lot. But it was it was very smooth, and I'm excited for a little integration of what they do more into my routine and then also sharing what I do into, into what they do. Um, I think it's going to be a really good has been, and I think it's going to continue to be a really good pairing. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Aaron was, was sharing this, this great story beforehand about, uh, but coming over to um, the Rays and just what it's like as a player to um, jump in. And, uh, you know, from the outside, we're like, wait, you're throwing your sinker more. Uh, this is weird. Is that something the Rays are doing? But no, it's just, kind of figuring, you know, getting the ropes and figuring things out on the fly. And it's, 
it's it's cool to hear the raise like look we know that you can do good things and we don't want to you know rock the boat too much early on and then i imagine over time it's one of those relationships that develops and things will come out of that in a good way um for sure yeah and uh and speaking of that prep is really the last thing i really wanted to ask before we get into the game because you have this game against the rockies for example that we're going to watch um and before you uh have a start maybe it was different in cleveland maybe it's the same thing now that you're in tampa but what are the kind of things that you prepare for with a game and uh, how much does that change as you start? Yeah, um, not too much changed. I, I don't see too much changing. Might be adding a few things or subtracting a few things or mm-hmm. st- streamlining the, the process, but really just go hitter by hitter based on projected lineup um, and then maybe a couple extra guys depending on if somebody's having an off day coming up. Um, usually do about 10 to 12 guys. I don't think there's usually yeah. any more. Um, no. But really focus on the projected lineup. And then if we need to make an adjustment, then we make an adjustment day of. But sure. just go hitter by hitter. Um, try and take my strengths and see if we can overlap that with anything that the hitter's struggling with. Um, it's not not super complicated. I'm not going to get too far into it because then yeah, of course, kind of yeah. defeats the whole purpose of <laughs> the, the pitcher hitter matchup. Um, right. But really, just looking for certain things. If if I can find anything that's uh, a outlier, um, but at the end of the day, the the prep work that I go into the game is kind of just a guide, and then the game itself is where the the actual work begins and. If I do enough prep work, then that allows me to be free enough on the mound where I can try and see certain things that are happening. I can see if the prep work that we did going into it is lining up. If that's the case, then we'll continue down that path. If I see something else is happening, then have to figure out how to get get the ball back in my court. Um, right. Really just the, the, the focus is to keep me in control and recognize when they're trying to do something that's either specific prep towards me or whatever it is. It's just recognizing what's happening in front of me and make an adjustment from there. You can do all the prep you want, but that's computer based. That's what's happened in the past. That's not real time. So I could not agree more there, Aaron. Yeah. As, it's as uh, long as I'm doing my job on, on the prep work, then I can be free to yeah. analyze what's happening in front of me. And I think that's what, what makes it fun that's what i look forward to every fifth day out there is trying to figure out what's happening and how how can i make an adjustment and how can i beat the guy that's standing in front of me sure um yeah it's a fun conversation to be had uh obviously i don't you know i'm not gonna hear all the secrets of course of you and the rays and everything now um there are a lot of different ways that you can break down how good a hitter is and how they're going to perform against you if you I've seen things like MLB The Show, which is your cold spots and your hot spots. And at the same time, there's small samples to be dealt with that. And is it your cutter? Is it your sinker? Um, sure. Is it in those counts? Um, is it that what the situation calls for? Um, is it, you know, expected slugging? Is it, uh, you know, pull tendencies? Is it there swing decisions in OO counts or O2 counts? Or there's so many different ways to tackle um, the strengths and weaknesses of different players. And at the end of the day, I... Uh, you know, the, the thing that makes the most sense to me is figuring out what your strengths are. I think the best thing you said there is where it overlaps, right? 
cool, this is a thing I'm good at. And this is what we think is a thing that they're bad at. Great. I'm going to try and attack them with that and sure. not overextend yourself. Um, I'm very much a believer of everyone's a major leaguer for a reason, which means you are good at certain things and you should lean in on that and not try to overextend yourself just because this guy may be slightly worse at this kind of pitch. I, sure. uh, they likely are going to be able to take advantage of it, especially if you're trying to throw something that you're not really that used to. Um, so I do want to go into that, of course, a little bit, just, you know, what's going through your head as the game goes on. And uh, I think that's a good transition to see if I can quickly uh, shift between the two things here. Uh, oh, I'm so good at this, guys. Look at this. Amazing, amazing job. As we got to the game now, here we go. We have Charlie Blackman up, lefty. Um, and you're someone, I remember freaking out in 2020, uh, you decide, you know what, I'm just going to go cutters and curveballs now for the most part. I think it took you about 35 pitches to throw your first fastball. And y'all might say, Hey, that's normal, Nick. Uh, it wasn't back then. Uh, I still have that tweet somewhere. And Mike Petriel was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. I was like, yes, it is Mike. Thank you. Uh, but uh, we're going to, we're going to watch here, um, as you go against Charlie Blackman. And of course it's going to be a high cutter. Uh, and I imagine after that, maybe well. something along the same lines and a curveball there that you get a lucky, uh, a fortunate call, but it's close enough to be competitive. See, there's an example of the catcher making us look good. <laughs> there you go. So, so this is a good, a good time to pause and ask, okay, it's Oh two here. You have Charlie Blackman, right? Um, what would you normally go with this, especially after Blackman being passive for the first two pitches? Yeah. I mean, Charlie's been in this league for a really long time. He's, got a lot of pedigree he's I, I doesn't strike out too much and i think everybody knows that going in so the goal with him is not to waste too many pitches uh try and get ahead like i did there got a little help from the ump um i think there's not really any one pitch that's dictated from those two that i threw it's pretty much kitchen sink at this point and right when it's o2 it's just don't get beat with something that you're not comfortable throwing so either expand to set up a next pitch or go with one of your go-to go-to pitches um i mm-hmm. personally don't remember what happened um, i don't have <laughs> so you're just excited as we are okay <laughs> um, i know some guys can remember exact pitch count and order and everything they do something like tiger woods can remember clubs mm-hmm. and distances that he hit from 20 years ago um, my memory recall is not that good like i said i try and do the best I can to just analyze in the moment. And that's, that's, that's how my brain works. It's not really good with the memory recall side of things. Yeah. The, um, the one of the things that blew me away that I've never heard anyone else do that Pablo showed us was he has a notebook apparently of every at bat of every, and it's, it's incredible. Um, and I I still am blown away that he had that. Um, but one question I do want to ask you, this is the first thing, the first batter. Do you find yourself, attacking batters differently the first time to line up than you are later on is there is that kind of going through your mind right now or is it just whatever the best pitch is here i've never been a guy who believes in don't throw your off speed until a second time through or save this pitch until then as if if you do that and you end up getting beat on something just because of a concept then if you can do that then good for you but for me <laughs> i'm somebody who like I said, I have to mix it up, be unpredictable. And I'm sure at times I've gotten in my own way, but um, I, I like the process that I take. And if it's if there's a glaring issue, then I would hope somebody would bring it up to me. Um, 
but I've never been a believer in save your off speed until the second time through or prep for the next at bat. Cause if you don't get there, then what's the point of saving for it? You know, I can't agree more. Um, I asked Gallon the same thing. He said, no, I think like a closer in the first inning, like get out of that first inning. It's so important. Sure. If yeah. I showcase that pitch early on, that means in the third at bat and I don't throw it to them, they're thinking about that pitch. Sure. So it yeah, goes it both, ways. both ways. It works yeah. both ways for sure. So, love that. What I see here, I'm like, all right, I'm going to guess that you throw uh, a sinker front door just because he hasn't seen that speed yet. And you can probably surprise him if he's thinking, uh, the book generally says that hitters always look off speed from the first two strike count. So that's where my mind goes. I have no idea what you're going to go with. So you went with another high cutter, came back down in the zone to Blackman. When you're planning to throw that cutter there, are you trying to sneak it back into the zone or are you trying to keep that one up? Um, it's just something that I don't want to leak into the middle of the zone because that's mm-hmm. just based on uh, history in the past. That's something that lefties do hit really well. Yeah. If I can start it out of the zone and catch a corner, then awesome. If it's just out of the zone at the end of the pitch, then it's a one-two count if they don't swing at it. If they do swing right. at it, it's really hard to handle. So yep. the goal there is just to not let it leak into the middle of the zone. Yeah, you're one of the, the rare pitchers, I think, that can succeed like that. As I was mentioned before, it was it's the Cannibal McSanchez, the uh, Colin McHugh, Cannibal McSanchez thing of cutters that start out of the zone, come back down. You know, two counts or two strike counts, batters might be thinking, oh, this is a fastball that stays up and then comes back down and can surprise them. Uh, and then you get that kind of uh, ground out. Honestly, Blackman's expecting that. That's not a terrible thing to see in a two strike count, but uh, he's clearly, you know, this has no idea what you're going to throw there. Uh, next one. Oh, man. First pitch. That's a cutter or that's a slider at 88? That's a, that's a that's, cutter. That's a cutter, but that looked like it had more horizontal movement than we normally see. Uh, I could just the direction of it. Um, it's starting left and also moving left a little eye perception. Uh, sure. I struggle with that too on the mound. So I, I as a righty, <laughs> most righties fall off to the left. It's really mm-hmm. hard to see movement to my arm side of the plate. Um, it's a lot easier to see it to my glove side. But Fair. just the and, direction uh, that you're throwing the pitch along with the profile sometimes mm-hmm. might look like more movement, but. And how much are you judging, you know, the next steps of this at bat, right? Um, you can do it based on, say, all right, the results of this. He swung at this. He didn't swing at that. How much are you making those decisions based on the actual results of it? And how much are you looking at how the batter reacts to the pitch as a whole? Say, how aggressive he was on it or his body language when he doesn't take a swing? Sure. Um, I mean, some guys are, their plate coverage is incredible and what they can hit is much bigger than the zone. Some guys only swing within that zone. You take Mm -hmm. a guy like Juan Soto, for example, who has one of the best eyes in the game. If he's taking a pitch, it's most likely a ball. If he's swinging at it, it's most likely a strike. Um, On the flip side, some guys, they might swing at everything outside the zone, but they might have a contact zone that's as big as their swing radius. Right. Hopefully you have a guy who's... the the ideal situation is you find what pitch can create a swing outside the zone that they can't cover or looking like something that they think is a pitch they can cover. And then it's not Uh, Mm -hmm. just getting them in between. That's, that's my goal as a starting pitcher is to just get hitters in between and mix and match. Um, But something like this, I know he expanded on OO pitch. So I would assume I went back to it or see how far, 
I can go with it or see if he'll do it again just to get into O2 count. Um, the, the other side of that, you could go back in and see if he's looking away uh, early, see if we can get a rollover with a two-seam in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I expanded again. I don't remember exactly, but <laughs> I, I think, again, a pitch like that, it allows for a lot of different options coming out of that. Absolutely. I mean, that's to me, I see that as such a gift in two ways, not just getting 0-1 and a pitch out of the zone, but that you see yeah, Tovar is swinging out of his shoes to get a fastball right now. He wanted so badly to jump on a heater that he's just he's swinging out his pitches in the other batter's box. Sure. Um, so ta- talented hitter who trusts his hands. And right. At the end of the day, these are the type of guys that can beat you even if you make your pitch as we will get yep. to on the last pitch of the game that I threw in this one. <laughs> Um, but I, but yeah, there is, I, I love that instinct you have, like, maybe I can just get a quick out now if I execute a sinker. Uh, there's a question about like risk reward of that, right? Cause you know that he wants that. So if sure. you don't get that inside enough, then that's actually going to be something that punishes you while you just threw that, sure. sink, that cutter like that. You might just honestly throw it again and make sure that he shows you he's not going to swing at it. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we get. Oh, one. So that is the slider, that 81, or is that the curve? I can't tell, actually, with the raise. That's a slider. That is a slider. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's at 81. Um, I mean, yeah. 88, I know that's not your slider, but I was like, man, that's so much horizontal movement. And that's a new slider, right? That's something that's kind of changed. Uh, you started developing that midseason, I think, with the Guardians. And yeah. I think you were using it a little bit more with the with the Rays. Yeah, the usage, I think, might have been a little up with the Rays. Just coincidence, comfortability with that pitch. Um this old slider grip that I went back to. Um, I tried working on a sweeper the year before and found success with it in in a vacuum, but it was it was not something that was uh, beneficial for the rest of my repertoire. So I just put it in the pocket. Um, mm-hmm. And this is an older grip that just continued to tweak and will continue to focus on that feel and see where it plays. Man, so yeah, th- this is this is such a good pitch to throw at this point because he's already jumping out of his shoes for a fastball. You throw even a slower one, and this one just end of the bat completely mistimed all of that. Uh, sure, there's no the way you give him a fastball. You can't give him one at this point, right? And, and yeah, you just pop. That, that's the curve, though. That was the curve, yeah. Okay. <sighs> got one. I got it right. Finally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'm good at this. I promise, Aaron. Uh, the velocity threw me off. Sometimes I don't. Yeah, I mean the slider, like I said, it's it does different things at times. So um, sometimes it's hard to tell with certain angles what it is. I think the curveball. Once when I was in Tampa, it was a little bit firmer than what I was used to in the past. It was anywhere from seventy-five to seventy-eight. I think in Tampa mm-hmm. it was closer seventy-eight up to eighty-one. But I think that was just everything was pulled up a little bit for yeah. those last those last two months. But just uh, working through the delivery at that point and was everything seemed to be in sync. Nice. And uh, are you trying to make that a, a called strike three or is that something that you were trying to get into the dirt and then just happened to uh, to land? Probably, the zone? I think the the goal for me is where is the where's the danger zone um, mm-hmm. with with that type of pitch. It's the one that ends up in the bottom inner third to a righty. Yeah, if it's on that outer edge, regardless of height, if it's where it fit, where that landed, that's a ball almost the whole way. Um, I'm sure I was trying to bounce it, but just 
minimizing the the damage locations and understanding target zones versus where is an okay miss because you're, you're never going to hit your spot every single time. No, of so course. 100 pitches in a game, you might hit exact spots 10 to 15 times and then certain misses, small misses, maybe probably 60 to 70% of the time, big misses 10 to 15. But right. Um, just really understanding the zones that are damage pit damage locations for each pitch and then trying to maximize that. Yeah, that that that's an interesting mentality, right? Of uh you're most more focused there with the curveball east versus west, right? So you're focused on getting that away as opposed to obviously inside, but instead of thinking of it as north south in this way, you'd prefer to focus, okay, first I gotta get it away, then I'm gonna worry about it being too high or too low. Sure. Cool. All right, uh, moving on here. You got two outs in the first pitches, inning. Nice and easy. McMahon, no problem, right? Uh, cutter that comes in. Ooh, that, that was a dangerous one. Yeah, that was close. That <laughs> uh, scared me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, you, down and in, lefty, um, number three hitter, McMahon. Uh, sure. Cutter came into the bat. And he's aggressive on it, as he should. You, you don't really get much information <clears throat> for that because that's just a... Uh, two to uh, begin this game with get. 21 home. What I get from that last pitch is I made a mistake and I didn't get punished, so don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it looks like you're singing back inside. I would imagine Home this runs. would be a, a sinker coming over then. No, Reaches you just get further inside. That's beautiful. One hopper to the and right side. Beep tries to bear. I, happens. It, that's that's the game. But that's that's really cool because you because you threw a, a cutter that was a mistake and you actually used that to your advantage because now McMahon is like, oh man, I really want to make sure I, I take advantage of that next time. Exactly. And so you take that mentality he has right now of frustration um, and and too much of a focus on one part of the zone that then you start there and then you come further in uh, where he's just now committed and swings at a cutter way inside. Hey, Unfortunately for you, it was a dumb hit to third base that no shit, you know, the shift messed you up. Uh, but that worked. And there is a sinker, I believe, in 92 um, inside corner that lands I. Uh, I love this. I, I love that you have this emphasis of, hey, if I'm throwing a sinker to a right-hander, I mean, I think in college you were saying it was cutter's uh, glove side and sinker's arm side. Right-handers, I mean, are you throwing your sinker anywhere else outside of uh, arm side? I would go away with it as well, just to start that as a ball, end up a strike. Really, mm-hmm. not too many pitches I throw are strike-strike pitches. They're either ball strikes or strike balls. Sure. Um, it's the way to be. That's the goal. Um, if I'm living strike, strike, it's probably going to be a long day for me and a short <laughs> outing. Um, but they just, yeah, just trying to, I think I hadn't thrown any fastballs into Tovar in that second, uh, the second yeah, no, of this game. So this is the first, might've been the first, the first fastball, fastball you've thrown all game. Right. Uh, and it's good to see that. Cool. I have that one. That's great. And it doesn't surprise me that you move away from it after because you don't really have to uh, lean on that sinker. You have too many good pitches to just lean sure. on that one. Sure. Uh, so you miss with the curveball. You miss with the, the cutter at 2-1. A lot of guys, I, I see these mistakes where 2-1, you have a fastball for a strike. You miss with the cutter and a curveball. They feel like they have to throw a fastball now because they have to get a strike. They have to get back into the count. I imagine that's not your philosophy. It is not. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with all of my pitches at any point. Um, that's that's something that I've focused and worked on a lot. That's what I focus on in bullpens is just feel for each pitch. When I miss with something, what's a pitch that'll bring me back into it? That's not necessarily fastball. 
sometimes it is a fastball and it works uh, to my advantage just knowing that I do throw so many off speeds so so frequently sometimes I can get away with just throwing fastballs in counts where I typically uh, wouldn't but I think the, the ability to throw multiple pitches to get back into account is very very nice to have as a starter oh yeah that, that's a necessity for for uh for someone at your level really and uh and you do it well i mean this is two one it, at one one you threw a cutter that was down in pretty much at the opposite batter's box to the right-handed yeah, un- unusable right but it, it, it's you know that's going to happen what goes in your head in that moment uh what are you thinking to make that adjustment to i would imagine two one here would be a cutter um because that to me feels like your bread and butter like okay i need this good strike on fastball to cutter how do you make that adjustment? Um, sometimes it's just a little feel thing. Sometimes it's trying to make sure I don't miss into that damage zone, mm-hmm. um, which I'd much rather miss down in a way in the location that I did than miss in the heart of the plate where it then just turns into a slow fastball. Because um, the, the cutter itself as a pitch, it's interesting. It acts in different ways at different heights and different locations. Yeah. It's a different pitch in each quadrant. If you broke it down into one, two, three, four with one being facing the catcher top left two being mm-hmm. top, right, um, up and away to a righty, it acts, it kind of stays on plane. And because you're throwing it to the left side might have a little more horizontal up and into a righty might have a little, it might look straight on TV, but it's defying going to them. And it kind of just cuts back into the zone. And as you bring it down, it has more depth to it. If you, like you mentioned the show, if you think about the arrows that come up when you're looking at it, it might have one or yeah. two arrows this way as it's higher. And then the lower it goes, it might have two or three mm-hmm. going down. And I think that's the unique thing about the, the cutter itself. I'm sure there's a lot of guys in the league that throw sliders that are really just cutters. Um, the, oh man, you have no idea. It drives us wild. What separates sure. a cutter from a slider? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, so just really going into that uh, a little bit deeper, um, you tug that one down in a way. Is it, you know, I, I would always think you got to find something that just to focus on the next one to ensure that I don't do, do the same thing again. And also, of course, don't just throw one straight in the middle. Is it okay? Yeah shoulder that it, uh tucked in or is it hey i gotta push off harder what is your go-to uh, there i don't think it's anything like that it's just i've done that before in bullpens or i've done that before in games just go to the next pitch i don't think there's mm-hmm. any huge adjustment i don't think it's a issue to even obviously don't want to be three one three one versus two two is a drastic difference in terms yeah. of uh expected slug and average and all of all of the numbers um but again, it's not the worst case to be back there. So there's no point in making a huge adjustment at that point. Cool. So I'm expecting a cutter. It better be a cutter. Oh, no. Curveball. Great. Awesome. I, <laughs> I love this because to me, it's 70% cutters and curveballs has been what I've been saying for, for a while about, uh, about your approach. And when you're able to throw either of those cutter or curve in any situation like that, that's when you're going to have a good game. Um, obviously, this is a great one here. I just thought, oh, yeah, it's going to be the cutter. Of course, that's all reliable. And here you are throwing a curveball beautifully. Um, so we get to the second inning it's now. It's primarily just uh, to get the bat in the lineup. A and lefty an option up. Until Taylor There's Walls that high cutter. 
the each other. You don't get the call. Like that. That's not fair. And, uh, I'll, said, I'll, I'll make I'm a phone call for you, Aaron. No and worries. I'm just going to play. Uh, and, he said, and then you go with the backdoor cutter. And do you feel more comfortable? This is something I actually been noticing a lot. Is uh, like you actually, Corbin Burns makes a career on this. Is that backdoor cutter? I uh, I love the one that you threw. I think it was to McMahon, which was that inside uh, um, inside cutter as opposed to the backdoor one. Are there certain situations that you find yourself, hey, I want to stay backdoor on this guy or, hey, I want to actually try and work inside on him? Sure. Yeah, I think the, the hitter kind of dictates that, who's good at pulling their hand inside of the ball, who's good at staying away. There's very few guys that are um, avoid throwing cutters away. There are a couple. Um not going to reveal who they are, yeah, but there, sure. <laughs> there, there are a couple that do handle that cutter up and away well. Um, mm-hmm. But those are the ones that struggle with the cutter in. So it's it's kind of just making sure you're mixing and matching and not living in one part of the zone and using cool. what the hitter is doing to dictate what you do next. But uh, Nolan, up the middle I, here with Nolan Jones at the plate. No, I, you he could have kept going. I, I didn't the right think field line, and that yeah, that's, that's easy. Cool. He pulled so, the uh, ball down and in. That, it's that pitch, um, throwing that is not some, it's not a pitch I wanted to throw, but I was down mm-hmm. to one or two seconds on the pitch clock. And um, I, unfortunately, that's, um, I'm sure some would say fortunately, but unfortunately as a pitcher, that's part of the game now. Um, there will be times for me particular at those five, six pitches where I'm going to be throwing pitches that I don't necessarily want to. And I'd rather throw a pitch than take a ball. And that's something that I might have to dive further into of when it's okay to take a ball right. versus throwing a pitch to certain guys. Um, but Do you have a pitch come on you? In your, in my hat. Um, I don't have the controller and that's something that I'll continue to work through. We, I did it a few times in bullpens just to see how it was, but mm-hmm. then you get into, if you only do it on certain pitches or if you do that and then you don't go to a certain area with, with pitch tipping and how many guys study video on that, it's just a whole another can of work. Oh, that's but interesting. With, uh, uh with 15 I, I seconds honestly to the think side, about and, that side of it. Uh, to me, I would always be like, no, no, I need it. I need a pitch come. I need I need to be able to dictate this as I go, but then sure. of course you want you want to know what the catcher thinks. Um, yeah, in an sure. ideal world, it's something I use for the only like when I don't agree with something. If I ever don't agree with the catcher, it's because I feel very strongly about a different pitch. And mm-hmm. if if we're not on the same page for some reason, and it takes a while to get to it, it is difficult with six pitches to call from, right. and then three of those have locations kind of direct locations with them so that's now nine different options if yep. you're cycling through you only get 15 seconds total and there's oh got to be a decision in between those so <laughs> i um, honestly it never registered with me like kitchen sink guys how much they would be affected by the pitch clock it makes all the sense sure. uh but yeah like chris bassett and you uh darvish uh yeah. you guys must you know have a great time at parties talking about this <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to probably something I'll work on in spring of how to make that a little bit easier going in. So it's just, again, didn't want to mess with too much as the season went on. And but it, it's something that we'll continue to work on and something that needs to continue to be ironed out on our end as players, adjusting to some of these new rules coming into the game. Sure. All right. So here you are, one, two. You just had uh, Jones crush a inside curveball down the line. 
That was actually um, a slider. So I'm, no, that was uh, a slider was, at 81. Yeah. This is, I'm figuring yes. it out. Um, <laughs> I promise everyone listening to this that if you saw the video, it is tough to tell at times um, with tough. this angle. Um, I would think, I know it sounds crazy, but this would be one of those moments to whip out the four-seamer upstairs. It's either that. I think I either go cutter in or two-seam in. I forget okay. which one, but I, I haven't gone truly in on him. And he just pulled a ball that was middle of the plate down. So he, he hit right. that foul. Slow down his mat, possibly. If, I, if I go in, then I don't think he can keep it fair type of pitch. Um, right. I think that's where I went. I'm up Let's in see. last night's game and eventually scored a run. Yeah, that is the sinker coming back over. Great pitch here. And 90 right on the edge and he just fouls it off. Uh, how do you react to that? That might have been a cut or two. I'm not exactly sure. This angle is difficult. Um, <laughs> well, one, two, here we go. Oh, and you actually threw it. Oh, he didn't foul that off, did he? He didn't foul that off. Oh, my God. They called it. Yeah. They he did not foul out. It was in the dirt. It was a curb on the dirt. There's the four seamer uh, in 93. Um, and he lays off that one. And then he threw a curb right down the middle that he just can't handle. And. That's a fun at bat because you saw Jones take advantage of a breaking ball early on and just not do enough with it. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting just for him to see, okay, here's another one. He wasn't able to to go for it. Him passing on the 93 upstairs, maybe that gave you a hint that he was more on the fastball than he would be on a breaking ball. Yeah, maybe a little in between. I did go down. Not that I'm trying to throw that curveball right down the middle, but just there is that tunneled off the four seam I had just thrown mm -hmm. and the off speed was below the zone. So if you're a hitter and you know the off speed's only going to be below the zone, you don't really have to cover the top part of the zone with that. And then you're now reacting to fastball up and then trying to cover curveball instead of reading off speed in the zone. I think it's a totally different approach for a hitter is reacting to an off speed coming off a of fastball or just reacting to off speed in the zone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, this is the most important question I'm going to ask you the entire time. After striking out a guy twice in the same at bat, how does what's going through your head as you strut around the mound now? Um, relief that <laughs> didn't get caught up in something. Um, just uh, I don't know. It, some uh, sometimes it's relief. Sometimes it's all right. Ball don't lie type mentality. Absolutely. But just. Uh, it's a I don't know, move on to the next one at that point. Yeah, right. Uh, th that is the greatest feeling in the world, by the way. That strut around the mound. Diaz. There's there's no better feeling. Um, first pitch, I call that free real estate. If you throw a curveball in the zone, uh, yeah, oh oh, bald though. Uh, no way. Oh my gosh. This is unfair. Uh, a cutter away. I understand that. Um, that's interesting. He, he didn't swing at the curveball. Uh, he doesn't want a curveball. He wants a fastball. So they're cutter away. He doesn't chase that one. Very frustrating. Looks like you're setting up inside now for a sinker, which makes sense. Oh, that's beautiful. Foul. This is the most underrated pitch in baseball. If you can throw that every single time, you will get a strike at 2-0. Uh, if, it's, if it's either a foul ball or it's an out to third. Sure. Um, I want to watch that sure. one again. This is, sure. this is The danger is... Book. Yeah, the the danger is missing in the zone there. If that's in the mm -hmm. zone, it's I'm getting a new ball. Right, but but you didn't. Um, you got you got. Correct. Well, you're gonna get a new ball in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but two one swing. That tells you the cutter's alive now. 
and Kerbal works too. Um, miss out of the zone at three one. So it's going back to the the sinker. That one is now more over the plate and is able to hit yep. to left field. Mm-hmm. Um, it all makes sense. I uh, to me the actual the critical one was this, which is a two one, because this would have been free real estate. Down I think again, uh, his aggression on the you know on the two zero fastball side. He's pretty much telling you, okay, I just want that that fastball. Maybe the cutter away that he didn't swing at. He just read it as outside um, the entire yeah. way. Yeah, Three, the, way to, the way to test that is to go to a backdoor two seam to see if he's sure. sitting on a lane or if he's just really waiting for hard in until he gets to two strikes. But I never got to two strikes, so I don't know. Well, you should have because it was a no-o curveball for a strike. Uh, so, man, I'm first. Um, do you find yourself when you enter the stretch, for some guys they need like in a bat or so to really get into it. Some say, no, no, I, I make sure that my warm-ups are there. Do you find yourself at any time struggling with the transition from the windup to the stretch? Um, not really. Not this past year. Um, maybe in, I never really thought about it, but I think my my windup delivery is so slow on purpose yeah. that I never really. It's not a huge momentum thing where I'm using my movement as gaining extra ground or force going into the the stretch part of the delivery. So it's very similar. If anything, it's nice to have a couple extra seconds and the ability to step off, which sure, yeah, <laughs> uh, with, with nobody on, you can't do. It's unbelievable. Like, oh, thankfully, okay, oh, man, I can, I can finally step off if I need to. Um, all right, so one zero here coming to to Profar. So is there is the is the curveball for you? I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. When you're in those situations, I need a strike right now. Do you find yourself turning more to the curveball, um, especially in a game like this where you've already thrown some? for a strike in the zone or is it more of the cutter? It depends. Um, mm-hmm. I think having the option for multiple is always nice. Cause again, a hitter can't just sit on one. And if they are sitting on a one Oh curveball as a don't want to, I don't like using the term, get me over, but if they are sitting on it at that, then I have to make that adjustment. And sometimes you just got to tip your cap, but sure. I think having the ability to throw more than one is always nice. And you, you don't like the term get me over because I imagine it changes your mentality as you throw it and you don't want to overthink it. Yeah, even if it's not that pitch mentality, if it's the next pitch where you have get me over mentality and then that might leak into the next pitch with mm-hmm. intensity or effort, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think there's a way to do get me over with different speeds versus um, the the thought of, getting this in the zone i don't ever like to just get a ball into the zone i think it's every pitch i throw tries to be driven through the zone or through an area that's close to the zone that that type right. of thing every pitch with a purpose yeah uh so one one oh come on blue uh that's a that's a cutter that came across the play a lot of horizontal movement on that one uh pushed back pro far should be one two but you see a reaction like that you know where Profar is looking now. You know he's looking sure. away. I mm-hmm. uh, and you, you drop a curveball in there. Two two easy, no problem. Two two. Oh man, there's so many different ways you could do this. In my head, I'm like, okay, this is the perfect inside sinker pitch yeah. because he's away. He's uh, he hasn't really seen heat in this at bat. Um, and you do go with the fastball. I don't know if that. That was your four-seamer, I assume? Or I know you do also throw sinkers up there, so I don't know. 
That was a forcer. Okay, good. Uh, so much vertical break. I think it's something like 19 or 20 inches of it. It's it's incredible. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Uh, that was so high up too. <laughs> and it didn't power, matter. Power of the curveball. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Uh, that, that, when you're able to execute that high four-seamer surprise like that and also drop the curve. Oh, uh, those are the good days. Uh, so here you go. You have that's a slider at 81 uh, for a strike 1-1. One, one. It's Montero. And there's another curve at 78. And now, I mean, you, you see his body language. He's upset at you. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want the junk. He wants a heater that he can crush. Uh, when you see that, are you saying, fine, I'm just going to throw more curveballs until you do something about it? Or... You can throw the same pitch you just threw the profile. He'll jump out of his shoes trying to hit it. Sure. Uh, what's just, your instinct? I, at this point, I'm just trying to make sure I'm locked in on what the hitter's doing and seeing that frustration and then mm-hmm. making a decision off of that. As long as I have a decision with reason, I'm okay with the result. As long as there's conviction behind the pitch, um, I know I'm not going to make the right decision every time. And even if I do, they're, they're still hitters. They get paid a lot of money to do what they do as well. So, I was laughing before I heard you say every time. I thought you were just going to end the sentence as, I'm just not going to make the right decision. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I I mean, my instinct here is is generally, like there's the ego side of it. It's like, fine, you want the fastball, here you go. And I know that I am confident that I'm going to execute the right one that's going to work. Um, but the smart thing is always just don't overdo this. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't actually think you, you do this too often. Do you ever utilize your cutter as a uh, as a fake fastball down in a way? Um, off the plate that way or do you really just focus on it upstairs um it depends on how if i can or if i have located a fastball down in a way so mm-hmm. it, it really depends on what's happened that day um like i said i live primarily at the top of the zone if i can show control of the bottom of the fastball that makes a lot of things easier sure but that's not a that's not part one or two of my repertoire yeah. so if, if it is there <laughs> it makes enough. a lot of things easier but it's also a very, uh, a, that's something that I'm always continuing to work on. And sometimes it's there and that, that makes for a fun day. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's not, then just landing one or two might help instead of right. living down there. But yeah, that's, that's definitely the right thought. Yeah, I see that working so well right now here. Uh, as you, of course, you, yeah, you go with the, I'm going to say that's a slider at 81. Slider. Um, and then there's the curveball at 78. And again, see, I'm not, you're not, you don't play the ego game. You're better than that. You don't need to do that. Uh, easy stuff here. All right, we go to the top of the third as we are, of course, crawling through this game all my fault completely. Hey, you got something back there. There's 85. That looks like it's a harder slider at 85. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't know on that one. <laughs> I mean, you were saying before that you have different slider grips, right? You've kind of messed around with that a little sure. bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that was a slider that just kind of came out more behind it, um, and you're I guess you're fortunate that you did because if it had more aggressive movement, it would have fur- gone further away from the zone, no called strike. So we're all happy here. Um, oh one back to the curveball, and I oh, love no, this. No. You're not giving in on fastballs. You're realizing that your secondary stuff is working so well, yeah, uh, and then you finally again. give him a heater at O2 and four seamer upstairs, I believe. Uh, when you're throwing an upstairs four-seamer, are you trying to get it inside the zone, above the zone? Where are you mentally uh, ensuring that you go for the ball? Yeah, I'm okay with anywhere from maybe three-quarters of the ball in the zone to mm-hmm. two balls above. 
just it, it depends on the guy, um, how likely they are to swing at that, how quickly I get to that situation where I can use it. Um, sometimes when you're in control, you're just in control and the hitter's playing defense instead of offense. And yeah. that's, that's the best type of day when you feel like you're on offense on that mound. I'm pretty sure Pedro is quoted as saying that he always felt like he was on offense and the hitters were on defense. And that's such a unique and cool mentality to have. And when you have those days where you're fully in control, it, it truly does feel like you're on offense. And that's, that's an awesome feeling. Yeah. I, 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 I would just, I used to describe it as I felt like I was always behind the ball before instead of me behind. <laughs> I was always behind the ball as opposed to feeling like I'm throwing um, backwards on the mound. Like, um, like on release, I would feel everything going toward the plate and feel like I can put this wherever I want. Where the days where I'm struggling, I feel like uh, my momentum's going the opposite direction almost. Uh, like you're throwing it off the mound. It just doesn't have that, that train behind you. Sure. Um, but I, what it, what's so interesting about this one here for me is like, that should be all the time. I mean, that's, that's 92 up like that. And I, I, I want to see a ton of that more this year. Well, I don't know. Right I think that's there for you, Hold especially up. with that huge hook. Um, oh, and then you also compare with that cutter. So here's you trying to get free center. real estate against Blackman coming in and you and get a quick out. Like, this is why people don't swing at the O curve a lot is because right. they will fly out. And that's a just, that's a lovely gift. You just got one pitch, one out. Uh, third Sanders inning, you try to get some more free real estate. You miss it down. Um, and imagine you're going to adjust now with the cutter. You do. You get the call strike. This is easy. Pitching is so easy, Aaron. This is this is the best time. Uh, <laughs> That's too soon there. Oh, man. You are so locked into this point. I mean, you barely missed with the, the first pitch curve. Uh, then you get the, the cutter top left corner of the zone. Um, to Tovar, and then you get the fastball coming back over perfectly, and you get the call there. And when you're cooking like this, uh, you feel like you can throw anything, I imagine. I have no idea what your one-two pitch is going to be. Do you know? Um, I don't remember, but I just know this type of guy is handy based on that first pitch I threw him of the first at-bat was two, three balls outside the zone, and he was ready to swing at it and was close to it. Um, so I think it's just trusting the expansion and hoping to use his aggressiveness and with good reason aggressiveness against him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has to be thinking it's going to be another breaker, but does that matter? Let's see. So you go curveball, bottom of the zone. Uh, He sends it for a ride to center field. Uh, And was, I mean, you were talking before about like East-West. You did get it generally away on that one. Um, but with a guy like Tovar in the way that you're talking, it sounds like to you that was a lot further away from where you were trying to get it. Um, I mean, it, again, it depends. Um, but that pitch in particular, I would assume I threw a curveball prior in that same at bat that was in a better mislocation. So he saw mm-hmm. that as a little bit higher. That's that's a big difference for a hitter. If you see one that is a swing at me, that's a ball down below. And then you get one that's a swing at me that's at the bottom of the zone. That's a huge difference. That's much better barrel coverage. Um, right. You have to reach down and get, and more so you can just get your barrel down to it. And that's what he did. He hit it good. I got yeah. The way the way for, I see it is fortunate, especially that not, one. Uh, fortunate mm-hmm. it's not a stadium that's three eighty nine to center. 
<laughs> yeah, fortunately. <laughs> um, the uh, the way I see that is on release, that looks like your four-seamer, right? Um, trying to tunnel sure. to that. And, and Tovar is kind of thinking... He's thinking two things. One, if that is a four-seamer, he's going to swing at that regardless because it's close enough to the zone. Uh, he's Tovar. And two, he's likely sitting breaking ball because it's the first two-strike pitch, and of course, that's where you got him in the first at-bat. Uh, yeah. So then that is a strike for the entire way. Fortunately for him, it landed inside an area that he could uh, get the bat on it. Uh, so something to uh, follow. I think you're going to get to over. You should get to over one more time. But I mean, we're already like getting close to an hour here. Uh, and Aaron has been incredibly kind to uh, to join us for this. Uh, we are in the, the fourth inning. 1-1 one, one pitch is coming. I just missed with the curveball down and away. And this is McMahon here. As you go back to that cutter inside, and you see a whiff on that. And you normally don't get too many whiffs on that one. Normally, that would return a foul ball or a uh, or grounded him to first base. And you see McMahon getting beat a second time on the same thing that you essentially beat him on on the first one. Yeah, uh, the, the first inning, the, the broken bat base hit was a little higher. So just mm-hmm. getting a little bit into that that dead zone. That's kind of a – some guys can cover down in there. Um Again, if that's into the zone, that's really, really danger. Um, a lot of teams will call that the loop or... Yeah, yeah that's um, a danger zone. Down yeah, and into a lefty, no, 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 no. Stay sure. away from that inside the zone completely. Yeah, so it's just uh, knowing that he's swinging at that location from the previous at-bat and trying to either go back to it, knowing that I did break the bat and most of the time beat him there, um, just trying to go back to it and see if I can get a similar result only uh, favor me this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just thinking, all right. So now that he's swung and missed on this, you can play with him so much. You could, you could throw that front door, the front hip uh, sinker now up and in. Or is that go against like, well, no, he's going to um, swing. It anyway, yeah, so that'll be more readable. Depend if you're swinging at that lane, then that might be yeah. something that might not work. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where McMahon is now. Now he's like, okay, am I, do I have to resist this pitch or not? So instead, uh, you just go straight four seamer upstairs. And why not? I want it every single time you're in two strikes. Because you don't throw that. I mean, you're saving it essentially only for two strikes now, correct? Um, yeah. And I I don't want to say that with certainty. Um, but well, no, of course not. Yeah. It, it depends. Uh, every, every answer I'm going to give is it depends. But um, <laughs> it's, it's nice to have. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, lo- I love it. Actually, your teammate um, Eflin uh, adapted um, that mentality with his four-seamer, um, yeah. featuring a ton more this year in just two strikes. And that does not have the same shape that yours does. It is, as far as um, attributes go, kind of pedestrian, but he's able Thank to utilize know. it as a surprise in two strikes. And apparently, with, uh, especially with his other options and his repertoire, it's a surprise. Yeah, um, just the the variance from his true sinker to his four yeah. seam is similar to my variance from my running two seam. I don't like to call my sinker a sinker because it's got over. I'm 10 with vertical. you. Um, you are very much a lateral uh, uh, two seam guy. Um, there I used to be a distinction back in the day. A, <laughs> yes, now it's all sinker. Um, I prefer to call it a runner or a two seam, and that's something that yeah. Austin Hedges was very adamant with me when he was my catcher in Cleveland, um, he's like, get rid of sinker thought, just only call it a two seam. I don't want you to throw a sinker. It's not a sinker. Yeah. Make sure it's a runner and then you can just let it rip 
and run in there and be the backwards cutter essentially is the goal. Yeah, I uh, I love that. I will not call it a sinker anymore. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> so here are uh, fourth inning one out. Um, first pitch curveball. I love this every time. You have yet to be burned on a first pitch curveball. Um, and sure, you had one that was a ball or something like that, but I love that. And then you have a cutter. And this is uh, this is a standard thing of, I think the first at-bat was three pitches or maybe four. Um, and then you um, had... should have been should have been three or four but it was extended um that's right and then i and then the first pitch of course just got another out so you'll see this typically are you aware i mean most hitters they don't want a quick inning for you if you're the third batter of an inning you've had like less than five or fewer pitches they will take the first one yeah it's kind of a unwritten rule um right i'm sure you can be burned on it but if you if you don't it's a quick inning so yeah i but you i mean at the same time you're also told us about the mentality of not you know taking your foot off the pedal really um as well uh but yeah you got that first pitch strike you went upstairs um there there was a situation i think that was a four seamer at uh one uh at oh one that you went upstairs um so why were you in that count saying you know what this is the time i actually want to surprise with the upstairs fastball instead of setting that up for two strikes could be to set up the next pitch Um, Mm -hmm. some guys are better at hitting fastballs than others um, maybe better at two strikes than others. So I, it could be a situation where it's that. I don't remember specifics of the yeah, at-bat with Mellon or what he does, but just uh, doing something different than the previous at-bat. I'm not second time through the lineup. This is probably my, my lefties are on maybe fifth or sixth at-bat against a lefty in this game with some similar profiles. Uh, mm-hmm. So just showing a different approach. Makes sense. Uh, so looking at one one pitch again, and he went with the curveball and he's swinging out of his shoes now. I mean, even though it was a ball with that four seamer upstairs, you establish that lane, you throw this on top so of it. That, there's more confusion. That location, first at bat in the second inning, he hit a right. slider home run foul. So that's similar location, off speed. Maybe he's trying to keep that one fair, and it just has a little bit more depth than that slider. I mean, you have to imagine. Okay. He got that one that he had foul. You struck him out twice on these breaking balls in that same at bat. And then now you've thrown a third that he's swung over. It has to be haunting him now. This is now you get to one, two. That's all he's thinking about is this breaking ball. This is the perfect time to throw that high fastball. No, that's the fun that I have over here. And so do you almost, almost. Uh, That was a four seamer, correct? Or is that actually that two-seamer? Might have been a two-seam. It's hard okay. to tell at this angle for sure. Do you find yourself doing that against lefties, uh, going kind of like middle uh, away with the two-seamer? Um, it, it, honestly, it could have been a four-seam. Like, it's it's hard to tell at times. Like, it's yeah, not yeah. a true sinker, so there's not any downward action to it right. on video. There is a, di- a difference between the two, but... I think yeah, that I would was be the pitcher I'm, I'm targeting in a way location, knowing that mm-hmm. he took just a ball above the zone already. Um, so it's just kind of a, let me move the ball around, knowing that he just went down to try and golf a ball. Let me change his eyes a little and then see if I can use that again. That makes sense. Yeah, I would be surprised if it was a two-seamer away. I, I generally, uh, my whole philosophy about two-seamers, more so two-seamers than sinkers, um, a way to opposite handedness with two strikes is 
asking for a base hit to left field. Yeah. Um, so I, I would imagine that would have been the four seam is trying to go upstairs Ball as opposed count. to trying two, to sneak right one now. off the plate. Yeah, um, and there's a backdoor cutter, which I love that. That, oh, oh. especially after doing that, that fastball beforehand. That's in his mind. Same lane comes right back. He's too late on it. Doesn't realize he's coming back over. Easy. And once again, of course, Jones is still thinking about those breaking balls. So it uh, feels good to have a guy's number, doesn't it? <laughs> I know Nolan pretty well. We were together in Cleveland for a while. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I, oh, that one must have felt good. Okay. So fifth inning yeah, here, first pitch curveball, and it's, foul. what do you know? Foul ball, free real estate, you get strike one. It's too easy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's too easy. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the pitch. That. Let's see. Oh, one. There's a- who so you see the aggression on the first pitch and you go with the four seamer upstairs 92 you get the call which is shocking uh yeah. you normally don't get those right yeah, um, i kind of i kind of wish i didn't get that because he got a little pissed off and he put a little extra into this swing that he's about to do <laughs> so. well i mean you see that take and what is going through your head for the two pitch um i typically trust the hitters if they're not certain about a strike call. I know they know the zone really well. So in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, I got away with one. Um, let's try and use it to my advantage. I, I don't think I did that here. Strike. I, I, I imagine a curveball curve down is what you normally would do. Not, oh, right. not down. Along with the left. So and that one went middle, middle of the here. plate, which, uh, um, and in, intentions good, but just missed my spot. And he put a little extra into that swing after, not like in the pitch call before. Um, just missed my spot and he hit it really hard. Happens. Yeah, it's an interesting at bat because, because okay, so the first pitch he's showing that he wants to swing at a curveball, right? If he's not looking for a breaking ball, he doesn't swing oh at that thing. And so he does and he misses it. And then by taking also the fastball second pitch, he's showcasing that he's still looking for that. Um, and he didn't get the curveball and fastball goes by. And 0-2... Um, still looking for the curveball, gets the one that happens to be a mistake down the middle. The problem is that at, after the 0-2 pitch, the fastball, you don't want to do the same thing again uh, because you got away with it a bit, and that means that based on your, your arsenal, it's a lot of slower things, which he's kind of time for there. So I don't even know what... I don't know what I would normally suggest or something. Maybe a cutter. I don't know. Um, yeah. um I can that, try that's and hard. pick a different pitch, but if that's executed, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. If you get the thing down play, properly, then play that the, game all the time. Was that the yeah, right pitch? I know. Well, it's not about the pitch, it's about the execution. <laughs> that's the pitch I had confidence throwing. Um, I missed my spot, and he, he did not miss. So, right. He, he missed on the yeah, first pitch of the at bat. Well, just foul, after we were talking about Somalia, his pitches really have not. Uh, well, you got to move on, and that's what you do. You get a nice uh, backdoor cutter to a lefty to Profar, um, and a fastball upstairs that tunnels really well with that. Right, that's the four seamer ninety two up, um, out of the zone, could come back down and be the cutter. It's not. Now you have him away for two. Uh, I'm wondering if you're going to go back there, and I assume that was a four seamer that was supposed to be up. Instead of, yeah. yeah That's because 93 run the outside edge, but middle height that he fouls off. Uh, yeah, you can see he's just trying to slice that. It's kind of in between. So, And you don't have your splitter, right, at this point? 
I actually, so I added a splitter a few years ago and I went back to a regular changeup. So it's now just a regular changeup. Um, I, we didn't see it. We haven't seen any of those at all this game. Do you find yourself? Oh. Yeah, not at all. It's a game by game. I went, I think, three or four games in a row without throwing one. And then mm-hmm. there might come a time where it's necessary for that game or whatever. It's ben, it's kind of week by week. It so. Sure. Because, I mean, this is the perfect moment for it, right? You have it set up where you have everything aligned um, outside corner and kind of up um, at a certain speed now that he's time for. Um, yes, but he is out on his front foot on that fastball, so he might be trying to cover that type of movement profile or have the he he's a guy who's pretty handsy he's been playing in this league for a long time as well Mm -hmm. had success against me uh i think the year prior in san diego um so gotta gotta remember what players have done and what they're capable of doing and also of course you know to bring back to what we were saying at the top of this play to your strengths uh change up something he maybe here maybe there maybe no so I would think then curveball to fall underneath it. Uh, the tunnel oh, you established. I'm curious what you, you, uh, hey, you get. It's a 92 mile per hour fastball. Uh, I misses Stand up and away. Ground. So now you're going back inside. Yes, ball. there it is. Good. So the I was right wondering if you're going to surprise him inside or not. Cutter gets it easy. That's so easy. You set him up the entire time away, and then you just throw the cutter inside. Like, fine. You know what? I'm just done with this at bat. I'll just throw this cutter inside. <laughs> no problem. I. That's an interesting One. swing. You have no idea what that is, do you? That's it's 85. A bad cutter. It's the 85 mystery. Um, yeah. Don't it, know. <laughs> to see a guy swing at that, though, right? Because that's really out of the zone up. I mean, it lands mm-hmm. above the zone at 85 as a cutter. Four-seamer would be even higher than that, right? So how do you react to that as a pitcher? I'm knowing that I didn't necessarily execute a pitch, but I got away with it. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing a guy in swing mode, so I'm trying to take advantage of that at this point there's no point in throwing anything within a whole ball inside that zone i'm just yeah. trying to expand and see what i can get away with so let's see how you do that at 01 i would think sinker inside oh you get ooh, front door cutter uh steals at the top of the zone so now it's 02 and you're trying to actually oh this is interesting so the front door cutter, which you don't normally do, I don't think, against right-handers. Sometimes, maybe? Uh, I haven't seen it it's all this there. game. It's in it, there. It's it's rare, but it's in there. And then, after seeing him be passive on that one, you tried to sneak a sinker outside coming back and miss a 93, or was that the four-seam that you're trying to elevate just away instead it, of inside? Probably two-seam, and just mm-hmm. didn't catch the seam properly. Uh, so, at one-two... Uh, you have to throw a curveball now. Slider 81. I love it. I think that's a great call. Uh, I think you have a really good slider. I don't know. I'm excited to see that come into fruition or not come to fruition, but uh, develop uh, a little bit more so next year, especially against right-handers. I think that to mess around with that in your cutter is just an extension of that cutter almost. Sure. Sure. Um, and especially with losses. Oh, man. I'm excited for you. I don't know. It gives so many fun tools now. Uh, there's a, uh, a curveball middle of the zone, 20, uh, sorry, Keeping two, two, I, uh, he felt, so, so this is an interesting conversation I've actually had with a couple of people, um, at two, two here, this cutter, uh, sorry, this curveball at 77, um, down the middle, which is actually very similar to the home run at two, two, it's all at the end of the bat. 
And I've seen people consider this as, uh, um, okay, I can't really throw that because he's going to foul it off and waste it. I see this as you made a mistake with it and he barely survived. Sure. And I would be encouraged to throw this again, just knowing that I'm not going to throw the same exact one. Yeah. Uh, what is your mentality from this? You could take some off of that, knowing that they just got the end of the bat. Like, they were early in their timing. Um, so you know that, I mean, you, you could do multiple things. They could have read it as a slider and been on time for 81, but it ended mm-hmm. up going down instead of away. Um, but try not to overcomplicate things. Just know that in that moment, he was ahead, but he was able to sit back enough to make contact. So when you see that, what's your instinct to throw next pitch? Keeping the... I'm, I'm not in compete baseball mode right now, so I'm just <laughs> the same as you are. Um, try to save that for the six, seven months that I have to be locked in every fifth day. Uh, Fair enough. I get it. Uh, so 2-2 two, two coming. Uh, you go to the fastball, trying to go inside uh, with the sinker. Sorry, with the two-seamer at 93. I think that was a two-seamer trying to do that. That's not yeah. really easy to um, do. And he fouls it back, which yeah, means that he's time for that, and you throw the curveball at 76 down, which I love. I think beautiful pitch. It's exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's your that's your bread and butter. Is that is the really curveball to, to get whips under the zone like that, especially when you set up uh, fastballs so above it. Thumb stays tough. That baseball, it's not there to apply any drag. You get one-one on Doyle after throwing a first-pitch curveball for a strike once again. And another curve. I mean, this curveball, you're feeling this completely at this point. At the, this entire probably game. My best, probably my best slider comes right here. Uh, so the one, order. two. Having Let's see. Hard time staying back on that pitch. Oh my gosh. So he just keeps so going. Good. Mm, that was pretty close. I mean, that was that was as sweepy of a slider as I've seen from you. I so Tampa has the metrics up on the board. Whether they're mm-hmm. totally accurate or not, I know some guys think that their numbers might be a little bit bumped up there. It, I'm pretty sure that was close to 20 horizontal on that one. I do remember throwing it. And I was like, oh, that one felt different. And then I looked and I yeah. was like, oh, okay. And, and how are you gripping that sweeper grip? It's um, it's a standard slider as far as I'm concerned, just mm-hmm. on this horseshoe here. Yeah. To I, the ball to come off. Tampa Bay legend Chaz Rowe uh, yeah. was essentially throwing the sweeper beforehand. Um, before it became an actual term. And he was someone that was very much about uh, doubling up his index and his middle finger uh, for that, that. right? And really like pushing down as hard as he could, which I always found so interesting. I mean, I threw a very basic, just keep the stiff wrist, go over. (laughs) Uh, But I always loved that idea of it. Just make sure you're not throwing it too horizontal because we want your elbow to be fine. Um, But uh, all right, so 2-2 here. It looks like you're going back inside if you're doing the the away sweeper. Upstairs. Got lost out of your hand. It happens. A 3-2. This is, I think, your first 3-2 pitch. Is that right? This is your Um, first full count. I think so. When, what is your thought on a 3-2 pitch? Because I see a lot of pitchers who feel, oh man, I have to throw a strike thus. I need to throw a fastball at this point. And we're seeing that there's a lot of success with pitchers throwing a secondary pitch in the first three, two, because batters will jump out of their shoes thinking that it's a fastball. What is your mentality with the full count? So there's, I mean, a guy like this Doyle is one of the fastest guys in the league. So you want to keep him off the base from a free pass, especially Mm -hmm. two outs, one, one game, fifth inning lineups about to turn over. Um, 
so I don't want to give anything away. So it's if it's going to be a walk, it better be within half a ball of the zone um, and him making a good no swing decision versus me just giving him the base. Um, and I just got to know the hitter that I'm throwing to. I got to know what I've done. And I'm just trying to – a lot of hitters have, like you said early and before we even started all this, there's tendencies. There's OO swing tendencies. There's two-strike swing tendencies. There's three-two swing tendencies. I got to factor all that into the equation. Sure. And which pitch would you say inside your arsenal is the pitch that, okay, I need to get a strike right now. This is the one I throw. Most comfortable strike throwing pitch, probably mm-hmm. cutter, but I don't think any of them are too far behind that. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, you go with the slider at three, two the look and you get a Please. strikeout on this. That's pretty cool. Especially when you're saying like, Hey, I don't want to get him in, in uh, on base. And I would say the slider is your least consistent of all the pitches that you have today. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, depends on that day. Like I've mentioned before. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. game by game. That's awesome. Oh my God. That makes me so happy. I want to see them one more time. The look, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, when you're, when you're throwing this pitch, the look, are you, I, uh, are you target? Okay, I'll frame it this way. A lot of guys love to throw to a target, and some guys love to throw uh, away from the target. That is, you want the target to be where the pitch lands or where you are going to start the pitch. So I, I use the catcher's shoulders kind of a, as a pillar mm. for my start target. Um, the height of the, the body is kind of my the height of the pitch, um, which is is different guy by guy I try and work with the catchers and a lot of them are really good about working that towards me because that might be not be conducive of their normal catching style and it's great when they're able to make adjustments to to help me um but i like to use the catcher's body just kind of as a a pillar where i'm starting my ball makes sense and uh and when you're throwing that slider especially in that three two count is there you know a certain i don't know place that you're going to aim initially for that? Like, is that, okay, instead of a normal slider, which most of them are away off the plate, this is one that you want in the zone. Are you thinking kind of front shoulder of the hitter at that point? Um, Not that far. I just know that the one I threw before took off on me. So it's Mm -hmm. more, let me start this middle of the zone. And if it's going to take off, it's going to be just out. If not, it'll at least drop enough to be bottom of the zone. Sounds good. All right. So six inning now. You have Blackman up third time. Easy. Backdoor cutter for straight. Of course. Duh. No problem. Uh, and then you follow it up with uh, 90 in the zone. I'm assuming that's a four seamer. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, obviously that's a little bit lower velocity than we saw early on. We saw maybe 93 or so. Uh, I'm going to take that as, I mean, this is the sixth inning now. That was your 75th pitch. Um do you mentally know that that's happening? And if it does, because it's going to, how do you adjust as you get a little bit more fatigued on the mound? Um, I know the variance is going to be three plus one and a half, I would say, mm-hmm. both sides. So as long as it's within reason and I know what just came in um, and I know what the, I know the result based on what I threw, then I, kind of know where i'm at with everything else um sure and it could just be that one pitch the next one could be back to where it was um, yeah but i do monitor where i'm at just to know 
based on what I've done in the past, here's how my pitches play at certain speeds. Yeah, so great. now I might have to be a little bit more precise or I might have to avoid this part of the zone at this speed or whatever it may be. Yeah, that was my follow-up was to say, like, okay, I'm at 89, 90 of my force right now. Now I'm not able to actually do the same stuff that we did before. So let's let's shift to it. I think that's great. Uh, O2 here. Uh, you go 91 up and away with that fastball, which then sets up either the curveball or the cutter. Cutter. Cutter inside. Oh, got it. See, that's little, not even that bad of a pitch. Elbow, too. Little elbow stick out there. Uh, I mean, what what's, yeah. What's interesting is um, there is a theory about this where because he's so far away on it, um, this pitch that would normally work, right, with uh, the cutter that comes inside off the plate isn't as effective because you're standing him up, right? He's he's not as inclined to swing on that inside edge uh, in that situation in the first place because he already has a slightly distorted view of the plate because he's been setting sure. up away. Um, the other side of it is, of course, well, then he's like, oh, no, the inside corner, I have to swing, and then he just ruins himself this is this is always the worst i hate this because Absolutely. yeah he sticks out this elbow doesn't he just a just a tiny bit yeah he does yeah, enough he turns it in the right way ah oh, it's annoying mm. and it always it's feels right. worse when Happens. you're feeling so good about yourself right it's like come on man just uh, I, you should be out now stop this <laughs> this is my last that bad and this is pretty what what he's able to how the ball he's able to get to here is crazy so this is your 78th pitch of the bat. Uh, it's the top of the six. It's a 2-1 game. Uh, man on first. And 85 cutter. Uh, it's the front door one. I don't think this is your intended front door. This is supposed to be the uh, up and away cutter that you like. Final back. Um, and then yeah, at 01, you see that he's ahead of that. I would imagine you're going to stay off speed here. Oh, that's beautiful. That, see, that's the slider I'm talking about. Oh, my God. I want to well, see that all the time next to Savali. <laughs> oh my, that's perfect. We're talking about Tovar as well, as uh, as as someone who right who took the the curveball for a ride at one two before. Um, perfect spot for it. Yeah, that's that that's a beautiful thing. So like you go back to it, right? I mean, he's yeah, just been showcasing even, this even further. <laughs> so O two here. Yeah, how does he get that? Uh, I have no right. idea. Could be trouble. Yeah. That's oh my gosh. For a base hit. That's just not fair. Uh, that's a perfect O2. The... Just, just one more time for everybody. This is an O2 pitch that is a slider that is, I mean, down away, essentially in the other batter's box. I don't know how Tofar got this. Maybe Baez got on the phone with him and talked to him. <laughs> I don't get it. And for that to be your last pitch of the game is just not fair. Uh, sure. That I should be so. a strikeout. Do you feel, I mean, you're at 80 pitches here. Do you feel that, oh, man, come on. I know it's a 2-1 game. I know first and second, nobody out, but give me another bat to try and get out of this. Um, yeah, I'm always going to want to be on the mound, but those those decisions are not mine. I They have, I think it's going up to McMahon after this, maybe third time through the lineup. He's much better. Um, I don't know all those numbers. I'm out there doing what I can until the ball's taken out of my hand and, it's always going to be that way. I think every pitcher, I don't think there's any pitcher that'll tell you they don't want to be out there. So. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I, the guys that come in behind me, they're really, really good. And I'll hand that ball over gladly. Yeah, to, absolutely. To that, the that's guys a, that's a fantastic mentality. Um, Aaron, that is your game uh, against the, the Rockies. I cannot thank you enough uh, for breaking it down with us and really taking the time to 
understand more about what's going on on the mound. It's not just as simple as the results or just velocities or whatever. There's so much to go that goes into this. Um, I really can't thank you enough for joining us today and, uh, and, and spending your time with us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me again. Fun to, and, uh, fun to go back and break it down. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, thank you everybody for, for joining us today on playback. TV slash PitcherList on behalf of Aaron Savali. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again. Thank you.